This is not a test. This is your emergency podcast system announcing the commencement of the monthly Purgecast, sanctioned by the film majors. Blessed be James DeMonico and The Purge, a series that slaps. May God be with you all. I gotta be able to reach it. I mean, come on. I'm dying over here. You're dying over there? You need a little little sippy sip? I need a little bit. You need a little bit bit of that slurp? A little bit of sun and water sealed together in the form of a grape. I'm a wino now. Good. That's good. That's a good character for you. Yeah. Yeah. I like like. I like Mick the Wino. Hey, how's it going? It's the Perchcast back at you. October edition. Spooky season wow. is here. We are we so back. We did it. We're, we've never been more back than we are right now. What about the previous episode when you were back? <laughs> but we're more back now. That's true. Yeah. And you will be even more back the next Purge cast, yeah, right? That's looking way too far into the yeah, future. I can, yeah. Who's to say? The yeah. Purge is really about the now. Yeah, it's about being in the moment. It's about it's these about 12 living. hours that we're about to experience together. And this will be a 12-hour podcast. Oh, good. So strap in, folks. Hello, I'm Zach. I'm Sage. And we've got a special guest. Yes, yes. It's Hello, I'm Mick. Well, it's nice to be here. Mick, tell us about yourself. Where might might we know you from? Uh, Well, if you listen to the Film Majors podcast... Ah, the channel you're listening to this on? Exactly. You will recognize my voice as uh, that guy. The, oh. the the funny dumb one. That's where I know you You're from. You're on the film majors podcast. I am. Yeah. Oh, it's hey. great to finally put a, a face to the voice. Oh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, what can I say? Well, uh, yeah. So uh, success just follows some of us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you I gotta know? say, you sounded a lot less handsome. Oh well. Whoa. Whoa. whoa, whoa. Is he gonna whoa. butter our guest up like is that? Is that a compliment? Like, or is it goodness. Not? I don't know. How well, are you gonna take know. it? Yeah. I can't believe it's not butter. Oh. That's what I say about... About what? Yeah, anyway. So, do we want to just hop in, Sage? Do we want to ask our guest the question, the important, everlasting question uh, that we, we crave to have answered? Yeah, the best question that we have on the cast. Mick, who are you purging this week? Who am I purging... This week, yeah. Who are you gonna hypothetically as a joke, as a as a comedy joke, as a bit, a silly little bit, a silly little bit that cannot be legally prosecuted, that you cannot be held accountable for? Who's getting purged by Nicholas Mungi? You know, I heard if you say that on your podcast that you're not allowed to prosecute me. That's true. If I really specify really hard that it's a joke and not serious, purging. Oh, wow, that's not what I thought the question was going to be. <laughs> okay. Um, I Well, okay, I have one answer for very personal reasons. That's really? our favorite kind. Yeah. But I just feel like it would be a waste of a purge. No, no, no. Come what? on now. Oh, uh, okay. Release the beast. Well, you can, you can have more than you want. Have more than one. I, I would currently, I think what would give me the most satisfaction, even though this is very short-sighted of me, uh, but it's the purge. Come on. Maybe I maybe I'll have time for a second purge and then I could do Ron DeSantis. But my first one <laughs> as a joke is a bit as a joke as a joke as a joke as a bit as a bit as a joke. Um, I would uh, I would purge uh, Cooper. 
<laughs> You're just coming out with it? I'm just fucking coming out with it. The guy's Hell a, the yeah, guy's brother. a hack. He's a twat. I just finished. He's an actor director that I just worked with on oh. a show. And I, I quit because uh, he <laughs> was being sexist and was gaslighting a lot of the female crew and was making an ass of himself and not oh, yeah, accepting responsibility for anything. And so me and the first AD walked, uh, including a few other people. Damn, good um, on you. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I would love to, to, to purge that guy. I would love that. As a bit. As a bit. As a joke? As a joke, in, I would love to purge him. In, right, in, so a, how in sort of a it? world of comedy, how would you how would you purge him? As a joke, how would I do it? How are you yeah. purging him as a as as comedy? I would this is what I would do, actually. I would pour, Actually or as a joke? I would actually do this as a joke. Okay, alright. I would take if we're shooting at a at a house, right? If we're shooting a scene at a house mm-hmm. that we've rented with a permit, I would go into the refrigerator. And I would lace all of the old food inside the refrigerator with um, bleach. Whoa. Diabolical. And here's the thing. Because Cooper, we had a bad history of him just eating old food (laughs) at houses (laughs) that we would shoot at. Like, there was one scene in particular where his character is... It, it, rifling through a, a, a refrigerator and eating old food and props department put a Tupperware of pasta for him to eat because they prepared it. It's safe. We don't know what else is in this fridge. And he looked at it and said, I don't think it's funny enough and reached by and grabbed this old biscuit thing and was mm. eating it. And we were all at monitor going, Oh my God, stop doing that. Don't do that. I don't like that at all. And costumes department would find boogers on his costume at the end of a show. He would wipe his mouth with his apparel and shit. So yeah, I would, I would lace all the old food on set with bleach and he'd find it and he'd die. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I oh, love that's that. Really creative. That's a really good way to, to kill someone. Not, not actually as, as, as a joke, as a joke, it's not, it's, it's, it's all jokes on this podcast. I also like that during your purge, you're shooting a movie. Yeah. With you're, this guy. you're at work. The amount of fucking overnights we had. <laughs> Jesus. You, okay. And these you're fucking, gonna, you're these gonna be dumbass producers that we had on this show who were his friends, by the way, mm-hmm. that we had apparently initially they had real producers and they kept telling him, no, you can't do it this way and so he got rid of him and hired his friends instead they kept Hilarious. scheduling this fucking good. shit yeah they would absolutely schedule a night of splits during the purge <laughs> I would be working on the night of the purge and I would take full advantage of it as a joke as a joke as, as a joke, joke. As a in joke. a world where the purge I'm exists completely ki- like come on on this, kidding, on this comedy podcast yes. that's what you would do and it would work and it would be funny it, and I get away with it and, and I like it you don't you know, have to get away with it. It's the purge. Yeah, it's yeah. the purge. You're allowed. You're allowed. You're allowed. I, I like how you guys... I was expecting you to ask me what would my purge crime be, not who would you purge. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, it just goes top. straight to murder. That's on top. Yeah. Well, we assume that you're doing murder. I was going to just jaywalk. Uh, like, incessantly. Like, all night. You're going to get mowed down by a big semi-truck full of goons. Yeah, but yeah. I did it illegally. Great. So awesome. I had the last laugh. You had the last laugh crossing the street at a diagonal. Uh, All right. Well, Sage, buddy, pal. Hey. Who you purging, man? So um, for this last week on my college campus, we have had this uh, festival that has been going on. It is the L.A. 
Visions 2030 Eco Festival, where, um, you know, it's a bunch of like little things where, you know, you go and like you learn about the earth and it's like all about like focusing on a positive outlook towards climate change and like the ways that we can turn stuff around and the ways that we can use like science to create like a cooler future. It's basically like a, like a, they're like, Hey, what if we like used AI to make like plants cooler? I don't know. Uh, it was like a strange festival. What if skateboards made the air clean? <laughs> yeah, basically. Cool. Um, that sounds badass. So it was this festival and it was actually kind of cool, but the issue is that they had it on our campus and this festival was Undermarketed. I mean, there was like nobody showing up. Um, like maybe like some other students from my campus would like go between classes and check the stuff out. But like, I would I would feel comfortable saying that they probably had maybe about a hundred to two hundred people come through a day. Which, based on the budget that it looked like they spent on this thing, is not, not worth not it. Good numbers. Um, but they used up a full section of our parking lot, and they 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 cornered <laughs> it that off. Fucking always comes back to parking. <laughs> it's literally three out of three times this has involved driving for you. Listen, they get angry in the car, <laughs> so they sectioned off a whole section of our parking lot to use for paid parking for this festival, which nobody's using because nobody's coming to the festival. And so there's an empty parking lot, and meanwhile. All of the students cannot find parking. We like it, it's, you know, the parking lot fills up. Usually during the year, the parking lot is pretty full. There's always like maybe 20 spaces that you'll be able to find. This, it was like a fucking battle every day to find a parking spot. If you showed up any later than 9 a.m., you were not going to find one for like 25 minutes. You would have to follow somebody who's walking back to their car, like slowly behind them, like a weird stalker and wait I've for them to that. get in their car. awful about it. Yeah. Right? It felt like I was at Costco. Yeah. It was like crazy. And, and basically I was late for so many classes this week because of this fucking festival happening. So whoever decided that that was going to be the parking situation for the festival, that's the person I'm purging. They're getting purged. <laughs> yeah. You're purging them? Yeah, like in a funny, like silly, goofy, ha 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 kind of way. In a, in a, right. in a goofy, in a goofy, funny way. Right. That's that's funny and, and cool. Yeah, a I comedic like it. way. And you know how I would do it? How would you do it? How would you purge these environmentalists? So they had an algae tank on campus. Um, that was like one of those like, look, if we grow algae in this tank, then that can like recycle carbon dioxide into oxygen or something right. like that. It's right. a fish tank and a filter has algae in it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so what I would do is I would, I would bring that tank out into the parking lot. I would want them to like be in the location of the crime, um, to like really sink it in. Drive it home. Yeah. Okay. I would have them in the parking lot with the algae tank. I would dunk them in and I would hold them under <laughs> until the bubble stopped. Yes. Nice. So that's how I would purge if it was like a silly joke and like it was like a thing it's that satire. I was doing. It's, it's funny. It's, this is satire. It's satire. It's, we it's need to comedy. be so clear that this is satire. Yeah, yeah. This is a satire. It's, it's satirical. It's satirical. It's funny. It's bits. Right. It's jokes. <laughs> Good. So Zach, um, yeah. me. Who are you purging? Yeah. Who's it? Who, who's on your list? Uh, well, you know, it's it's quite extensive, but. Uh, 
<laughs> is it this week? Uh, yeah, there's you know some stuff that I'm not gonna not gonna bring up because I'm still legit a little mad about it. Um, I think I know what that is. Yeah, you do. Um, but you know what's a weird one that uh, I, I think I'm gonna bring up. So yesterday I uh, went to Oak Glen, California to pick apples with my girlfriend. Uh, and we stopped in the town to... She was just too slow at the apple picking. It's... <laughs> God, I am not it? picking my fucking girlfriend. Well, it's a joke. It's a joke. Jesus. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Oh my God, no. Have you ever been apple picking with somebody who just like can't figure it out though? <laughs> no. It's like, pick the apple, dude. It's so yeah. easy. Yeah. Uh, no, she was doing great at picking apples and she's not getting purged. Well, that's good. I'm very happy for you. That's great. Congratulations. <laughs> you you know good. who is getting purged though? Who? We stopped in the town of Oak Glen to, like, visit this little, like, market that they have out there uh, in this town that's entirely dedicated to apple picking. Um, And we are walking along all these easy ups and uh, this old man sitting in a chair. For those in the crowd who don't know what an easy up is. It's like a tent that you can. It's a pop up tent. Um, okay. It's got like I didn't know what that was either. You don't know what an easy up is. I've only just heard pop up. Yeah, I had tent. no clue. You work on a set. It's is this a Canadian thing? Ups. It's I've been an working, easy up. No, in it's this not. Industry. That's a film set thing. I've been working I've in this industry for over three years. You know what? Actually, once. no, no. I'm sorry. That's not a film set thing. That's an ultimate frisbee thing. I, I, I apologize. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, the truth comes out. <laughs> yeah, the the reason that I knew Whoa. how to how to put one of those up when I started working on film sets is because I had been playing Ultimate Frisbee. It's really easy. Yeah, it's an easy up. It goes right. I up. actually like that name. Man. Right, it's, it's a so good much name. better than it's better a pop, than a pop up. up. Yeah, because they don't pop that. up. It's like a pain in the ass to like. You don't pop up. Yeah. Anyways, um, so. This old man is sitting in front of this easy up. Okay. Uh, and he's like, hey, put your hand out for a minute. And I'm like, what? And he's like, put your hand out. I've, I've got a sample for you. And I'm like, fuck it. Okay. Oh, no. It's and he turd, proceeds to squirt a liquid that looks. I'm sorry. Thank you, Siri. Thank you for contributing. I'm purging Siri. Yeah, Siri, Siri, you're dead. You're dead. I'm purging Steve Jobs. Oh, wait. I think somebody beat you to that. I don't even know he was sick. Something beat you to that? I don't know how he died. He was pancreatic cancer. I'd like to assume he was purged. Sure. (laughs) At least he had the herbal tea. All right. Well, (laughs) this old man (laughs) sitting outside. What? We're sitting in it. We're sitting in it? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Let's listen to the crickets. Steve Jobs can't listen to the crickets anymore. <laughs> okay, let's continue. <laughs> this old man squirts <laughs> this liquid onto the back of my hand that looks just oh so much like cum. It is Ugh. cum. And I'm like... It's semen. <laughs> what the fuck is this? And he goes, it's an exfoliating liquid. Oh, yeah, and I start I to... And he puts so much on my hand... And I start to rub it, and just my skin starts to peel off oh, of wow. my hand. And I have to, like, rub it all over my other hand to get the fucking jizz that he's put on me off of my one Sounds hand. Sounds like it works. And it goes onto my other hand, it starts yeah. peeling all my skin off. And then I have dead skin all over me, and I've got to be, like, wiping it off. And I'm just looking at this liquid that looks visually so much like cum. And I didn't enjoy it. So that old man 
is getting purged as a joke, hypothetically. At least it was free. Yeah, honestly, I feel like that's a really, really good demonstration of his product because it seems like you need to exfoliate more Uh, often. Yeah, I think that's honestly the main lesson here, like not even joking. I think you needed it. Uh, Maybe. If your skin's just peeling off like that. How often do you wash your sheets? Yeah. Often. Okay, well, that's good. Okay, how often? Often enough. What does that mean? I don't know. How many times a week? How many times a week? Yeah. Do you wash your sheets multiple times a week? Once a week. Oh, I do it probably once every couple of weeks. But also, to be fair, I don't it's sleep. once a month, isn't it? No, it's once every couple of weeks. Okay. But also, I, like, don't sleep in my bed that Ever. often. I know, you're always in mine. Which yeah. is why I wash it once a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, <laughs> listen, I, I don't need to be washing it that much. Um... But yeah, that's the that's the man that I'm perching, the man who squirted jizz on me in a public place. Wow. I feel kind of bad. I actually named my person first I'll bleep and last it out. name. I'll bleep it out. should probably bleep it I'm out. I'm going to bleep it out for safety <laughs> reasons. I was thinking that as you told your story. You know what? Bleep, but, bleep the last name. Yeah. Cooper is a, you know. It could be anyone. I know plenty of Coopers who yeah. work in film. Oh. But yeah. Cooper can go fuck himself. He can not the Cooper I know. He's a sweet. No, he you know, I, I think that's that a guy. good rule in general to purge anybody who squirts jizz on somebody in a public place. I agree. Yeah. 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 They yeah. gotta go. Those As guys a joke. should leave. I, you know, that's a brave stance to take. I don't know. That one doesn't feel like such a joke. I feel pretty serious about that one. You know, if you're doing that, I, I you know, it's like maybe time. <laughs> it's maybe time for you to go. Yeah. Like, if um, not dead, like, at least, you, you know, know, I'm put optim- somewhere you can't escape. You know, old boy them. <laughs> old boy them, indeed. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that's who I'm purging. Fun. I love yeah. it. Tis the season. You know, I don't, I don't know how old, I'm... jolly apple-picking men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I feel like we, you know, we, we dug into that. We said who we're purging this week. I, I, we've offloaded. Yeah. We've had some. We have. We've had that some old baggage. man offloaded. That old man must he have really offloaded did. for fucking years. Because <laughs> he's not making anything new at his age. I feel a huge weight off of my shoulders getting getting my frustrations with Visions Twenty Thirty out. Yeah, it's yeah. like well, it's like a month's worth of pent up rage. Yeah, it's just excised and here in the are. form of comedy, cleansed. Maybe they should make the purge a monthly thing because this feels good. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, or like a forever purge, you know, something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I think we could probably uh, wrap up this segment. You know, I was talking to somebody today who, um, we can cut this if it's not interesting, but I was talking to them in the gym, and I was I was watching the purge uh, to to. You know, Were you watching it on your phone? Yeah, get up to speed for, for this podcast. Nice. Um, and uh, he asked me what I was watching. I was like, The Purge. And he like kind of pretended like he knew more about The Purge than he did. And mm. um, he was like, oh, yeah, season three of the show is so great. And I haven't fact-checked him. There might be a season there three, isn't. but I'm pretty there sure isn't. there isn't. Pretender to the throne. Exactly. He's probably the guy who runs the other podcast called The Purge Cast. Definitely. Who, you know, listen... If we if we weren't already out of our segment, I'd have some ideas about some other people who could be purged. <laughs> but we don't need to we don't need to give them the time of day because how, they're nothing compared to us. How many seasons are there? There are only two. Two. There is a show. Yes. Oh yeah. And we own it. Oh it's wow. It's really great. It's in the box set. Interesting. 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a great show. It's was it really, canceled? really good. Uh, yeah, I think it got canceled after a couple seasons. Mm. Was it canceled or just delayed? Um, no, I think it was canceled because I think the second season came out in like 2019 or something. I'd like to believe that they're going to pull a Futurama and get a reboot pretty soon. I'd right? love it. I, you know, if someone hasn't started that campaign yet, we should. Uh, because James deserves it. James deserves the world. James does deserve the goddamn world. Uh, so that's fucked up. Yeah, it was. And actually, I really like the guy. He's a really cool. I know him like outside of having met him in the gym. Today. He's like a person that you know. Yeah, he's like a cool guy. Um, but it just was like there was a little twinge moment of like, you don't know what I know. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you don't right. you don't have the fucking knowledge. He's juiceless. Don't pretend. Don't pretend. Yeah. It's okay to it's not so know pointless. things. It's so okay to not know things. You and actually, like, being honest about you not knowing things may make you know more things. Yeah, that's what Socrates said, basically. basically I think that, yeah, it's kind of... I, I, mine was a bit more eloquent, but yeah, he, was, yeah. The, 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 he had the gist of it. Fucking old it was a long page. time ago when he was talking, and like words weren't as complicated yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, English hadn't fucked it up yet. English? Oh, okay, English hadn't fucked it up yet. Yeah. I, I thought you were trying to tell me that Socrates was speaking English. No. Well, he uh, spoke a lot of languages, I think. Yeah. I don't think he was speaking English. He I don't think English was a thing. It might have been. Yeah, you Pig don't Latin know. was started by Socrates. Latin wasn't a thing. Rome wasn't a thing. What? Good Lord. Socrates was Greek. He was in ancient Greece. I need to read a book or something. Are we thinking right now about the Roman Empire? Uh, you know what? What? I'm constantly thinking the about the Roman Empire. Amount of time. I'm sorry. You mean bootleg Greece? Oh please! You mean you hey, mean someone, free and reduced lunch, Greece? You cannot tell me that you think Greece was more hardcore than the Roman Greece Empire. was better. Rome ripped up, ripped off all of Greece's good shit, stole all their gods, stole all their fucking architecture. Boo, F minus. Yeah, but it's not about who did it first. Is it who did it better? Greeks. How did they do it better? Democracy. You're just saying that because you're Greek. Fuck you. Maybe. Yeah. I'm also a little <laughs> Italian, but, you know, I don't like to talk about that. Uh, yeah. We don't I need to acknowledge that. I would prefer if you didn't talk about and that. I won't, and I won't, and I won't, and I won't, and I won't. You know Mick's last name appears on a pasta box? Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, 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 I don't remember what brand, but there was a pasta box that I was looking at, and I turned it, and I saw Munyai, and I was like, that's oh interesting. Oh my god, that's yeah, spaghetti I, eating. Is that fuck. how you pronounce that? Munyai, yeah. Munyai? It's yeah, actually so. more like Munyai! Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. Munyai. Yeah, I, I worked with an AD once. My whole life I've, I've just said it as Munyai, like money but with the I. Yeah, and that's how I pronounced it. Yeah, from, that's how I pronounce it. He, this uh, first AD was from Rome, and he said, oh, you, you are Italian. I go, yeah. He goes, your last name, you're Munyai. I go, yeah, Munyai. He goes, no, 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 I teach you. It's a Munyai. You say Munyai. That's when I realized, oh, I've been mispronouncing my whole name my whole life. Um, <laughs> Your whole name? Your whole life. My whole cool. name my whole life. God damn. Yeah. But I Googled my name once and it Munyai apparently is the uh, is a fancy shoe company. Ah, from wow. Sicily. There you go. And I don't get a fucking slice of yeah, any you of should that. lay claim to that. I yeah, should. You should, honestly, you should reclaim your domain. I really should. If there's should. one good thing I have to say about the Italians, it's that they make nice shoes. Sure. Do they, though? Yeah. Yeah, better the, than the Daniel Day-Lewis, fucking cobbler. They've got good seafood. <laughs> I'll give them Way that. better than Adam Sandler. Yeah, fucking cobbler. <laughs> you know what? The only way I would be okay with Daniel Day-Lewis being a cobbler is if he became a cobbler to study to be in the film The Cobbler starring Adam Sandler. Mm. Yeah. I think that would be good. He's kind of like um, 
What's that guy? Yeah, uh, him. Steve Seagal. Steven Seagal? Yeah, Steven Seagal. Oh my god, I can't wait for you to draw this connection. How is that like Steven Seagal? Well, when Steven Seagal revealed that, like, he has low-key been a police officer for, like, 15 years. Yeah, that's And then did a TV show about it. Oh <laughs> and then everybody god. was like, wait, what? I He's do like, not yeah, trust this is my side man. gig. I do not trust that man to be patrolling I've our watched streets. some of his, Oh, like, not at all. Have you listened to his footage? new song? He, he a made song? a song? Oh, yeah, he's got a new song. It's like... It's really interesting. Um, <laughs> That's weird. He does like this weird. That like, was a really kind of... diplomatic way to say that after you talked about a way that you would murder people. <laughs> as a joke. It's really interesting. It's really, I mean, it's really quite god awful. Uh, but he does like this weird, like, Jamaican accent in it. Oh, yeah. That and he sings about, me. like, that wanting the right. Punani. And, like, ah. it's, like, very straight. I'll show it to you guys later. Um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wow. the, uh, this is completely off topic, but the, the show I just quit, uh, there's a running gag in the show where uh, a couple of uh, love interests, one of the connections that they share is that they both really enjoy Vin Diesel's music career. Yeah. Have you heard his music? What? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. What? Yeah, that... That yeah, brought dude. some. I've that heard brought the some rocks music, but I have no, not heard Vin, Vin Diesel's Diesel. music. Oh, it's it, delightful. It, it's. I mean, it's the weird thing. It's like not awful, but it's just so exceedingly average. It could have been anybody. It's very charming. But when you find out you're listening to it, you're like, oh shit! I'm going to argue Diesel. that it can't be anybody because you can absolutely recognize that voice as Vin Diesel. Well, once you once you know it, you're like, oh, uh, well, of course this is Vin Diesel. But it, it doesn't like. You're, you're not listening to it going like, what the fuck is this? Is he singing? Yeah. Is he yep. rapping? He's singing. Well, no, it's, it's like kind of like... He uh, raps the, a bit. The one that I've heard is kind of like a... Like kind of a peppy, like... It's like a party anthem. Yeah, like kind of an island sound, if that makes any sense. Interesting. Okay, very similar to Steven Seagal's new song. Yeah, yeah but you know. it's Vin Diesel and I like him more. They should do. They should do something together. They should collaborate. I don't. I don't I want. So I don't want to money. get my boy Vin involved with Steven Seagal. <laughs> um, the perch. Anyway, back to the perch. How about it? <laughs> How about? So we've already discussed the general concept of what the perch is. Right. Go yeah. back and listen to our At first episode length. to get up to speed. We've discussed the first film in the franchise, The Purge, not to be confused with the fourth film in the franchise, The First Purge. Mm-hmm. And now we are on to where I would consider this franchise really gets its juice. Yeah, Mm. it really takes off in number two. Yeah. This is The Purge Anarchy, a 2014 film, once again directed by James DeMonaco, the Mm. brain trust behind this whole series. And uh, starring Frank Grillo, who, you know, is really the only member of the cast who I'm going to mention up top because he's doing the most. I don't know who else is in it except for the guy from Midnight, Midnight Mass. Mass, who, you know, I was shocked that What's he his was name? Uh, Zach something. Pretty sure. I'll, I'll look it up. But I, I was kind of shocked when I saw him in Midnight Mass and then looked him up and I was like, oh, my God, he's like one of the main people in the Purge Anarchy because he's yeah. so, so good in Midnight Mass and... Well, some directors just aren't performance directors. They're more ideas directors. Oh, uh, yeah, and James DeMonaco's, you know, both. Definitely um, both. Is he? For sure, both. Yeah, yeah I mean, he gives, he gives a really great performance in this movie. I would say better than his his uh, his breakout role in Friday Night Lights, which was, like, 
a pretty good show. But Zach like, Guilford is his name. Zach, Zach Guilford, Guilford was definitely lacking in that in comparison to these two series. Interesting. Sure. I cannot agree with that. But <laughs> uh, have you seen Friday Night Lights? That's why I can't agree with it, because I haven't. There we go. I yeah, guess I can't agree with it either, because I Great. also haven't so seen it. So I get to be the person who you, knows. You get to be the arbiter. Hmm. You're so fucking pleased. You're so pleased smug with face. yourself. This is not a visual medium, but smug it's face. It's a smug happening. face. It's, it's smug one of the smuggest faces I've seen. Uh, so, Mick, huh? you had never seen The Purge Anarchy. I had never seen it. That's a correct statement. I had only that's crazy. What's, what's your history with The Purge franchise? So, uh, you know, I'm probably going to uh, reveal myself to be a bit of a fraud here. Um, Say it but, uh, I have actually only seen Purge election year, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the first Purge, so the, the fourth one, yep. and uh, the Forever Purge. So I started okay. the, the, the series, but the, the franchise, however you want to call it, about midway through. I have still never seen The Purge with Ethan Hawke because yeah. uh, I'm not a big home invasion guy. I think that's fair. It's not my favorite horror genre. Better contextualized within the series at large. I think once you've seen all the other ones, it becomes more enjoyable. Every time I watch it, it is better, actually. Well, that's the thing. I love Ethan Hawke, but I I feel like where they... Again, it's hard for me to speak to it because I haven't seen the first one, but I'm glad they took the story where they did because I feel like this premise fits so well with what they've ended up doing as opposed to a home invasion story. Now, obviously, you know, budgetary constraints and all that jazz, but um, I think that's why I'm not like super excited to see it. I will watch it eventually because, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I did not actually find genuine enjoyment in the Purge films. I think they have something special. About them, I, they've they, got that juice. They got their uh, their, their got f- that juice. finger on the pulse. Finger on the pulse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they, uh, yeah, I think it is. It is a fantastic form of satire where they're holding a mirror up to society and kind of showing its ugly reflection for what it truly is mm-hmm. in a very successful exploitative. A B movie sort of way, and we don't really get that anymore. The '80s was was full of it. But this movie has so much. Eventually, we will do an episode of this podcast that is uh, the best Purge movies that aren't Purge movies. Oh, I can't wait! Uh, I that's a good idea. This has so much Escape from New York. Yeah, in it. Uh, this movie mm-hmm. is the one where it really starts to incorporate that, like being trapped in a city that exists within a fascist police state that's, you know, completely lawless and going to hell. Mm. Um, And I love it. Yeah, and where the law is actively against you. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the... Unlike in real life. What's this series about? What What are are they they saying politically? There's something there. I don't get it. Now, there's maybe some, like, clues in this, in this series that, you know, we could, we could maybe parse some stuff. You know, maybe Carmelo says a few things. 
And that's what we're here to help you. We're here to unpack. With. We're we're here to help you figure out what the purge, the purge is anarchy about. ending, explained. Exactly. That's what we're here for. Um, <laughs> so should we dig into the plot of this movie a little bit? Yeah, I would love to. Let's Zach, do, do it. Do you have a synopsis for us? Uh, I can pull one up. Give me a moment. Well, here we go, Google. I, on this other show, I'm on the film majors. We also reference Google's descriptions quite often. And good God, it's always so odd. Yeah, they tend to be pretty bad. This is a lengthy description that Google go. has. Sounds I like they wait. watched The Purge Anarchy. One night per year, the government sanctions a 12-hour period in which citizens can commit any crime they wish, including murder, without fear of imprisonment or, punish, uh, or punishment. Leo, a sergeant who lost his son plans a vigilante mission of revenge during the mayhem. <laughs> However, instead of a death-dealing Avenger, he becomes the unexpected protector of four innocent strangers who desperately need his help if they are to survive the night. Yeah. God, that's great. Yeah. That's pretty good. That pretty yeah. much nails it. Yeah, so, you know, Google, I see you. It's funny, that that kind of raises something up. This is not exactly a, a revenge-o-matic, really. No. Because, yeah, his, Frank Grillo's character, his name's Leo? Uh, the, it's never mentioned in this movie. It is mentioned in the Oh, okay. I was going to say, I must have missed that. No, I never no they only call hey, him Leo. Sergeant at the end. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so uh, Sergeant Leo. Um, Leo Barnes. He, uh, he's, got a, he's on a mission of mercy. You know, he's got revenge. And, you know, he, he alludes to it quite often throughout the film, but it's not really revenge-o-matic because he's always, he's always getting sidetracked. With saving these fucking idiots that he's with. Yeah, he is the most distracted <laughs> revenge meister. Yeah. Revenge I love that meister. term. That's, that's good. A, that's the official term, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. In a revenge-o-matic, you've got your revenge meister. Your revenge meister. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he, uh, he is on a quest to avenge the death of his son, who was uh, killed by a drunk driver who got away with it. Uh, but he does become sidetracked, saving... Uh, Two fucking idiots who were buying groceries uh, right before purge night. Which is and, like, why? Uh, what? You're going to have one meal tonight? Like, you do not need to go buy groceries. You don't have anything in the fucking fridge? That yeah. is poor time management. Bad planning. Yep. Pick up a hot dog from 7-Eleven and get yourself dash. home. Can you imagine the discounts they would have on Oh my dash? god, that's that's a purge movie. Yeah. yeah. You are a food delivery <laughs> a door, person a DoorDash driver on, on the night. purge? Yeah. Holy shit, I'd the watch purge, that. The purge, DoorDash. Because those surge prices, those purge prices. The purge, the purge prices. prices. It's the purge price. Oh my god. Are we writing this? I Now uh, we, we might be well, we're not writing it right now there hasn't been a deal yet it's a joke. we're, it's a joke, we're so, recording yeah. we're recording on the sunday that the uh wga has announced a you know tentative deal that they're having their members vote on we're purge fans but we're not scabs yeah so you know uh no one write that we we don't give you permission to use that idea that's ours um but yeah he saves these two idiots as well as uh eva and her daughter uh liz i believe uh, or Callie, sorry. Um, I'm looking at the, the names here on the list. Uh, Liz is one of the fucking white idiots. Um, but yeah, he also saves Eva and her daughter, who uh, have been driven out of their apartment, both by uh, their creepy rapist landlord and by a mysterious death squad of highly armed mercenaries who seem to be going around Los Angeles, wiping out the poor on purge. Mm. What an incredible scene, too. Like, when I was re-watching it today, 
I just like there's that moment where he like he grabs one of them and like licks their face and it's the most disgusting thing. Diego, their landlord, played by Noel Guglielmi. Yeah. Yeah. It's Diego time. (laughs) I hate it when it's Diego time. Diego time is awful. Diego time's a bad time. Awful time. Yeah, so he like licks one of their faces and then he like hears something and they're like Please let us go. There are other people in the building. And he's like, I don't give a fuck about that. But then he hears something and he like goes out and he like walks to the door. And then we get this great shot where he's like center frame. And there's like two doorways between us and him. And he immediately gets like this slow motion kind of like Gatling gun thing happening to him. Yeah, he just gets turned into red mist. That's so great. That's a great example of... You know that's going to happen. There, you see the soldiers coming in. You know that something's going to happen to this Do guy. Do we see the soldiers before he gets shot? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he's walking away, and you know he's going to get blown away. And sometimes when the audience is ahead of you, you have to give them what they want or expect, especially in that scenario, because when it does give you what you want, which is Diego getting riddled with bullets... It is so satisfying. That's the that is the beautiful line yes. that this series treads in yes. is knowing when mm-hmm. violence should be yes. disturbing and knowing when violence should be just oh so satisfying. Uh, yeah, that is that is a great moment. Um, I'd like to talk Frank Grillo for a moment. <clears throat> okay, I would love to talk Frank Grillo. I fucking love Frank Grillo. Because Frank Grillo is kind of like the closest thing that we have to like a B-movie star. Like he is in so many kind of schlocky projects where he's the lead and then tends to play like, you know, seventh, eighth build in bigger movies. And you're saying he's the best or your favorite? I think he's just so good at being in this specific type of movie. Okay. I I love what he brings to it. Interesting. Nice. Why, are you about to be a Frank Grillo denier? No, I was just going to say that I, I'm a big supporter of Gerard Butler and Nicolas Cage as B-movie stars. Yeah, but I would say Nicolas Cage is kind of a guy who just has, like, so many different gears of performance he can give. Yeah, like it doesn't he, matter if it's a B movie, A yeah, movie, C movie. Yeah, even. he... Interesting, yeah. I, I'd Fra- agree Frank Grillo, I don't think, is a guy who you put as your leading man in a quote-unquote classier movie than this. Yeah. But in this kind of movie, he's the fucking king. Yeah, yeah. He's Gerard Butler's a good pick, too, though. Like when whenever you see a shot of Frank Grillo, you're like, yeah, that's the purge guy. That's that's, that's the guy that's I the want guy. taking care of me on purge night because he's a goddamn man who's had enough. He's yeah. been pushed to his goddamn limits and he's gonna push back. He's been wronged. He's a man who's been wronged and he's a man on the edge. Exactly. He's yeah. he is good at that. Yeah, uh, I yeah actually I, I I agree with that. He he is very good at this type of character um, where you buy it, like the the emotion in his eyes, especially at that um, one of the ending sequences where it's like a, a 
a hunting party happening inside that uh, kind of industrial area. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the maze. That, the final act of the Oh, final yeah. Act. When they get brought into yeah. the mansion to yes. be hunted by the There's rich. that close-up shot of all of our characters looking frightened, and then you see Frank Grillo, who's on the verge of tears. His eyes are uh, welling up, not swelling up. Good. They're Good job, up. buddy. Took me a second. I had to, to <laughs> go back and listen to the, our podcast. The gears were turning. To, to hear Mick slowly uh, but surely learn how to use that. Uh, but he <laughs> looked so, just so fucking angry. He looked so mad. He's done. He was there to stand his ground. You're goddamn right. You know what I think that I really need to watch? Hmm. There's a little 2021 film called Cop Shop. Uh... <laughs> Oh, no. Described as on the run from a lethal assassin, a wily con artist devises a scheme to hide out inside a small town police station. However, when the hitman turns up at the precinct, an unsuspecting rookie cop finds herself in the crosshairs. Uh, you know whose second build in this movie is Frank Grillo? You know whose first build? Hmm. Gerard Butler. Really? Yeah. Oh, there it is. I, this has like any more perfect. Pretty solid reviews. That sounds like um, kind of a, a modern riff on Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I just, I yeah, I, I love Frank Grillo is just a, a gruff man who's going to get the job done. He's he's the best at it. I uh, I worked with a prop master who uh if you don't know what a prop master is they're they are the master of all the props on a film and you know oftentimes that includes weapons now if it's guns you typically have an armorer uh but in this scenario this prop master was working on a frank grillo film he didn't tell me which one but he was working with frank and frank had a lot of knife play in the movie mm. and so the the rule of thumb is when you're on a film set if the actor is not acting with the weapon on camera, they shouldn't have it. Just for safety liability reasons. That seems like a good policy. Makes sense. Yeah. I don't like so, it as an actor, but... Frank Grillo <laughs> didn't... Yeah, you want to play with it. Yeah, Frank Grillo Definitely. didn't like that either, apparently, because <laughs> the prop master kept having to take the knife away from him, but he kept just like... He'd be at crafty, just like throwing it in the air and like grabbing it with like the back of his hand and he'd tell people like hey watch this and then he would do this thing with it and he eventually would go up to like frank you gotta put the knife down like for real like this is my jobs <laughs> on the line and frank responded going well you think i can't do it watch this and then he like does it and catches it and it's like frank that's impressive that's great put the knife down buddy you gotta <laughs> hand me the knife <laughs> The producers are looking right now. So, uh, yeah, Frank Grillo apparently uh, caused a little bit of a gray Harris for a prop master because he just would not give the knife back. Yeah, and you know you know who I trust with a knife? Frank, Frank Grillo. Grillo. You're yeah. goddamn right. Yeah. Because, listen, at the end of this movie, Frank Grillo understands that he doesn't need to use a knife to kill the man who killed his son because he's learned a lesson about the dangers of violence and, you know... Just how unfulfilling vengeance is. And I like that for him. Yeah. I we we discussed in our last episode how um What's going on on your neck, Sage? Look, we don't need to talk about that on the air. <laughs> what's that 
Did you? Did someone? Did Frank Grillo fucking sock you in your every neck? time? Well, I was hanging out with Frank Grillo, and I said, "Look, buddy, I don't want to use real knives or real guns, so let's go paintballing." <laughs> I believe it. And, uh, and yeah. then he just started sucking on my neck. <laughs> nice. You got me pretty bad. Well, every time I've looked over at you, Sage, I've wanted to say something. <laughs> I didn't see it until just now. And I have not. Your beard was obscuring my, my, uh, my self-control. I'm impressed. Wow. Well I done, almost mate. wore a scarf here. <laughs> it's so hot, it wouldn't have no, been that, that scarf would have been That was off. the ultimate decision maker. Yeah. Um, it's too hot to wear a scarf. I'm just going to wear these things loud and proud, baby. But <laughs> something that we discussed on our episode on the 2013 film, The Purge, is how it's not quite satisfying when uh, Lena Headey does, chooses not to kill the people who were trying to kill her and her children. Yeah, because she hasn't learned the lesson that, like, it's it's better to not do violence, right? Like, oh, if anything, right. she should have learned the lesson that you, like, sometimes violence is okay. She, sometimes you she's have to one do of it. the leads in the first one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, she has wow. one of the most egregious wigs I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, yeah, it's oh, pretty wow. bad. <laughs> uh, but she, I... I still argue I really like her in that movie. I know you're not as impressed. She's not my favorite performance. Um, but I think that this moment of sort of choosing not to commit violence works a lot better. Yes. Because Frank Grillo is someone who is going out that night to kill and through his experience in the movie grows to appreciate the value of human life. Right. I feel like they got finished with the first movie and they were like, hey, the whole like message we were trying to send about like violence is bad didn't really land because everybody watching the movie wanted that ending to be really violent. Yep. And so they built this second movie around making a better way to make that statement. Well, yeah, and this movie also, uh, you know, features an important message about, uh, you know, literally the uh, the father of Eva, um, who, you know, gives himself up to be killed by the rich on Purge Night. Oh. When he's... That's grisly. Yeah. When what a great shot that is. Yeah. Where they're all standing around him. Yeah, where yeah. he's just, like, dead inside, accepted his fate. The most demeaning fucking decision uh, you can make. It's so sad. And you see, like, every generation of this white, rich family in this room completely covered in plastic sheeting because they're going to go to town on this guy with machetes. Yeah. Fucking hell. Well, and it really, like... So before that, there's this whole scene where, like, his daughter has picked up the... Um, the meds for him and he's like oh i don't want to take that crap it doesn't work and like while you're watching it you're kind of like yeah this is how my great grandma acted you know like like old people don't want to take their medicine but then it's you really realize why he wants her to return the expensive medicine and so we we even get a little message about you know like the cost of of, of medication in, in America. America. Yeah. That's right. That's uh, right. That's so right. many layers. But real quick, his whole comment when he's watching the video of Carmelo, our uh, lead anti-purge revolutionary, uh, with his granddaughter, he's like, yeah, he might be right, but talk is cheap. And this is a movie about uh, the importance of direct action because, you know what, it's not enough to say Oh, these rich bastards are, you know, 
feeding on our fucking life force and slowly killing us or rapidly killing us on Purge Night. You have to, you know, back that talk up with action. You've got to take the fight to them. Mm -hmm. And I love that. That's all very French. It's good. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we started talking about the French um, because I actually have a little interjection here. Which is that, um, so I'm currently in a uh, theatrical production of a French comedy um, called The Island of Servants, and um, we are doing this production as a drag show. Hell yeah. And through learning more and more about drag, I've realized how much drag is a great alternative for releasing your beast (laughs) to the purge, because that's really what it's about. You know, it's like all the pent up things you put some crazy makeup on and you let it rip, baby. I, I went to a drag show one night in Eugene, Oregon, and there was a drag queen in a, like a dog kennel, like on the side of the street, like this whole row of bars was just doing drag night. And I remember the drag queen was like whispering to my girlfriend at the time. And she kind of like leaned down. It's like, what, what, what is it? And, uh, she said, I want to eat you like that. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. That's releasing the beast. That's releasing yeah. the fucking beast. That's how Hell you yeah. should do it is just do drag. No, it really is. I mean, like I've gotten into like, I've been watching a lot of like, club kid drag which is like kind of the you know there's like drag queens and drag kings which is like a very like stylized gendered version of drag and then there's club kid drag which is like kind of non-binary monster drag fuck yeah and like i want some monster drag in my life it's like i'm watching these drag performers who are fucking incredible doing their like voguing and they're like fashion walks and like all of this crazy shit and being like these would be the greatest purge costumes <laughs> yeah. in the world fuck yeah like that's true i think it would be really cool to watch a purge movie that takes place like in a drag scene i listen well, james that, you know once the once this strike ends get us on the horn we're full of great ideas well, i love that's what i love about the purge is that it fits so many different genres and different characters and different premises so well oh yeah like I, as i watch purge movies i'm just always brainstorming like god like what could you do with this cuz there's just so much you could do like we made a joke as we were watching it always sunny philadelphia could do a purge episode oh, <laughs> the gang goes yeah. purging. so anyways i started blasting yeah uh, yeah, it's great. I love it. You could apply so much stuff to it. If they ever decide to finish the show, that'd be a great finale. You know, sure like the gang, the gang goes the purge is real. It's the gang that causes the first purge. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wouldn't really go with the lore of the franchise mix, so that's kind of foolish on your part. I'm so sorry, guys. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Please read Let's before you come on our podcast. Yeah, how about you do a little fucking research? Okay. Just, just sit in this for a bit. I'm a masochist. Anyway, you were going to say something. I would like to take a quick little pivot into things that this movie adds to the world of The Purge. Uh, One thing that this movie introduces that 
we alluded to in our last episode is the idea of rich people essentially postmatesing people to kill within the safety of their own homes. Yeah. Which I Mm -hmm. think is such a like realistic detail. I buy that shit. Yeah. They let, I totally buy it. They let poorer people bring people to them for money, bring other poor people to them for money so that they can kill them in the comfort and safety of their homes and not, take any risks themselves. Yeah. Which is why I have a strange amount of respect for the wealthy purgers in the first film. It reminds me a little bit about the most uh, peculiar institution that they called it. Which is that? Slavery. Yeah, that's what they called it. The, the Where you ha- Yeah, that was what they called it at that time. They ca- they, at they the time, the they peculiar... didn't call it slavery. They called it the peculiar institution. Isn't yeah. that fucked up? Yeah, wow. and that's what it was. They would have... Poor people in another country round up other poor people for money and then send them across the oceans to die. Yeah. And that's basically what, what's the foundation called? The New Founding Fathers. The New Founding Fathers bring that shit back. Yeah. Really. I mean, that's, honestly, again, like these movies are, you know, trashy fun, but holy shit, they really do. Uh, they understand America. They they completely understand America. They understand the fundamental so fucking darkness sad. at the yeah. heart of this fucking country. And that's what's weird about watching these movies is that you're having fun with it, but it's it's the most disturbing fun you'll have because you know that everything you're laughing at or going ooh ah with could conceivably happen. Yeah, if yeah. things fell into place in a incorrect way. Premonition in history, Master James DeMonico. Yeah, the Nostradamus of filmmaking. Um, Another thing that this adds that I I don't know if I picked up on on previous watches, Hmm. because I feel like when I initially started watching this series, I was like, I don't understand why, you know, and to be fair, I maybe I wasn't totally paying attention to the fact that, you know, in fact, most of the violence on Purge Night is committed by the state. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't understand why we're seeing so much murder in these movies. I would be committing financial crimes. I would, you know. I would be stealing so I'd many I'd be paintings. stealing, yeah, paintings or money. I yeah. would be robbing a bank. Rigging the stock market but and all of that. Well, the bank would have the, protection. Well, this is the thing. They this movie financial literally addresses this when they're walking through the financial district. Yeah. They're walking past a bank and they're like, you know, they've taken all their money out of here tonight, which I I just think is like a great little bit of world building. It's like financial, big financial institutions have planned for this and are not harmed by this night. Again, the the people who are harmed by this night are the poor. Yeah, it's you know, it just keeps coming back to that. They've made it so that the only crimes you could conceivably do are violence against other people in a similar economic class as you. Yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty fucking brilliant really where it they, is pretty they, brilliant. they sell it as it's equal. Anyone can commit a crime and get away with it. But really, as we know, the more resources you have, the better positioned you are to commit those crimes. As Ethan Hawke says in the first movie, things like this aren't supposed to happen in our neighborhood. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I, uh, 
those were a couple of details added to the world that I, I really enjoyed in this film. I really like that we get like a magnifying glass like up on that too in the scene where they're within the house of um, her friend who works at the restaurant with her. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what her friend's name is. Tanya? Uh, I believe, yes, Tanya. Yeah, um, and we're in, like, her house with her family, and we see, like, that this this holiday and this um, excuse to commit violence, uh, how much of a psychological impact it does have on the people who are put in the position where they don't have protection from that because they're trying to do the familial protection, right? They're spending the night with their family, which you would think would be like the safest place you could possibly be. Uh, If you have a decent family, but (laughs) but they don't. Um, they don't have a decent family. They There's do not. some fuck shit going on between those characters, and like that shit was so funny. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that, I thought that shit was so yeah. So funny. when our uh, main characters take refuge in Tanya's home, yeah. eventually it's revealed that uh, Tanya is sleeping with her sister Lorraine's husband Roddy. That hot motherfucker. <laughs> hmm. A real piece of ass, Roddy. Yeah. Oh, Nico Nicotero. <laughs> what a fucking babe. Oh, he looks great. like one of the McPoyles. He, does, oh, he is a McPoyle. Oh, don't be cruel to him. <laughs> no, he is. He looks like a McPoyle. That's so true, dude. It, it, was, it was great, though. It was just great casting, too, because at one point, like, he, you know, he's in camo. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he went out to he see what was going what on. Was going on, on and he says, I chickened out. Like, he looks like the guy that you would expect to go through that thought process. Of like, I'm gonna purge tonight, and goes out like, I'm scared. This is I'm fucking scary out here. <laughs> this, is, this is bad. Things are looking real bad yeah, out it's here. It's perfectly cast. That's it. But well, honestly, what's what's really great about that scene to me is just how fucking weird it is. Like yeah. you have all of this, like uh, underworlds, like awful things happening outside, real anarchy, uh, collapse of society type shit, and then you go into this lovely home. Mm-hmm. And there's this weird Jerry Springer shit going on in between the family. And yeah. it's just such a yeah, weird man. scene. And I so appreciate that it's there because the Tanya in the red is like very drunk and saying these like weird things like, oh, speak for yourself that you don't believe in the purge. Like, oh, don't test me, bitch. And I'm yeah, kind of not, really, not a funny joke to make on purge. Yeah, night. I'm kind of sent. I felt there, like were, there were a couple of moments where I was like, this is not a funny joke to make on the purge. Also, uh, Eva and Tanya's boss, who's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kidnap Eva tonight. <laughs> not funny. Yeah, not funny not today. Funny. But also does kind of speak to, uh, you know, how Americans have grown desensitized and comfortable with uh, violence plaguing our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I really like that scene, too, because uh, as you mentioned, like, uh, Tanya's the one who, like, while you're watching that scene, you're like, oh, she's gonna do some fucked up shit. Yeah. Right? And then they but really flip it on they you. They flip it. They flip it real good. Yeah, they flip it for Lorraine real. goes crazy. Oh, man. That scene's great. Might be my favorite scene, actually. That is a, that is a great scene. Yeah. Um, I so thought Leo and Tanya were gonna get it on. No, you just said that's what you would do. I know, but then... <laughs> 
I did. I said, you didn't I, was say like, you think I would, I said, I would rail Tanya and then get the hell out of there. But, and, and then he's like, I need a shirt. And he goes in, he's taking off his shirt. He's all ripped. Then he looks no, over and she's so in the bathroom, uh, popping pills, drinking wine. I'm like, okay, we're doing something here. And then nothing ever happens. Yeah. I really, I didn't get a sense that the film was setting that up. You know, if there was ever going to be... That's the wonderful thing about media criticism. That's the wonderful (laughs) thing about art criticism is, you know, you bring your own perspective to things. Yeah, man. If there was ever going to be a porno parody of The Purge... Which I'm sure there has been. This would be the perfect scene Uh, to, like, lay it out in in a way that, like, isn't, like, deeply fucked up pornography. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Um, Yeah, yeah. So... Been, there's other shit you could do, but it would be like, I have, I have one that. right now that I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm not it'd be say fucking it. horrible. Uh, <laughs> but this one would be like kind of fun, you know, a little flirty. All right, erotic, really, definitely erotic. <laughs> yeah. Well, since we're coming up on an hour, are we? Would, yeah. Wow, we still have Jesus. so much more to get to. Wow. I would like to uh, get into who our favorite purge ghouls were in this film. Mm. Do we even have any? Oh yeah, many purge ghouls. You know, okay. just, I would like uh, to people, go first. People who are, I guess, purge antagonists. Okay, my favorite purge ghoul within this movie and maybe within the series, I own his mask. Is the great young ghoul face? Young ghoul face. He is a purge freak that we meet at the beginning of the film when. Um, Friday Night Lights guy. Zach Gilford as Shane and Liz. When Shane and Liz uh, realized that, like, the, I don't know, the brake fluid or the gas tank has been, like, cut in their car and they, like, can't keep driving it. And he pulls up and he, like, is swinging his machete and, like, one of his other ghouls is, like, slamming on the windows and they're like, we're going to get you type shit. And he comes back in the movie later and ends up kidnapping them he's the guy who's being paid by the rich people to kidnap other poor people off the streets yeah and there's this great like reveal which is it wasn't a reveal at the time but has become one it's become a reveal because he has become so goddamn famous since then yeah but he takes off his mask and it's fucking lakeith stanfield haunted mansions lakeith stanfield (laughs) that's right that's right (laughs) Um, Star of 2023's Disney's Haunted Mansion? Yeah, yeah I would like to recognize him for Sorry to Bother You, not yeah, Haunted Mansion. Like a five-star movie, like that's a perfect true. film. Atlanta, you know, like... That's true, that had no weight to it when it, it didn't be, when at this the time. came out. No, this came out in 2014. It's just like, oh, it's a, it's a guy. He hadn't even been in, um, oh my god, uh... Get Straight out. out of Compton, yeah. He hadn't been in Get Out yet either, right? Get Out, yeah. Get Out, out was twenty seventeen, I think. 2017. He is such an amazing actor. He really is. He pulls off that mask and he explains that, like, that they're like, "What are you going to do to us?" And he's like, "We're not here to purge you, dog. Yeah, I'm not purging tonight. We don't need to purge. We have zero. My- we're poor motherfuckers. Yeah. We we're not trying to take that out on you. What we do." need is money and this is how we're going to get paid and it's yeah, like but such a incredible reflection of like it really is what would happen in this situation like yeah if 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 like, like you don't need to commit violence but like if you need money the purge is a great excuse it's to go and get, get rich that quick money. scheme yeah yeah 
And like you really kind of feel for his character there. Yeah. I mean, my dumbass when he said that was like, oh, so I actually felt comforted. I was like, oh, right. oh, we're being rescued. That's why these guys have always been around when you see those <laughs> government trucks is because they're actually working for Michael Kenneth Williams' mm -mm. character. No, they're like ambulance chasing. Yeah, it's like, God damn it. Uh, yeah. It's sort of frustrating. The, whatever the opposite of that is. It's like, um, what's that fucked up movie with Jake Gyllenhaal? Nightcrawler. They're yeah. the Nightcrawler of the Purge. Hell yeah, they are. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Nice. Good pull. Hey. Uh, Mick, do you have any, were there any purge ghouls, any, any antagonists who jumped out at you in this film? Yes. Although, I hesitate to call him a ghoul, but it's our American hat wearing... Ah, Big Daddy. Yeah, Big Daddy. Um, I found him frightening, uh, because I'm from Oregon, and I've had neighbors like him. Mm. These old white men who wear their American flag hats and their sunglasses that just look like they want to kill and you kind of believe that they have that man looks like a college football coach he <laughs> yes and it's scary. For, like, yeah. a community college he, yes, yes either community a community college, college or like no, not Fucking, community college. Those coaches are like no. Doing it for the he love. he looks like he's like he, a D three. He looks nah. He looks like he works at fucking like Ole Miss. Yeah, he. Uh, I I found his little um, first of all the aviators that patch he has on the side of his face after he got shot by Leo. Um, it's just that sinister of him just standing at that Gatling gun and just fucking just mowing down people. Isn't he wearing like an apron? apron. He's wearing an he's wearing apron. A fucking yeah. apron. Yeah. And that terrifying last scene of him where he's staring down kind of in Reservoir Dog style. Yeah, he shot Frank Grillo as he comes out of the house of the yeah. guy he was going to kill. He's his fuck in his fucking teeth. He's got like horse teeth. Like these old man's <laughs> weirdly straight, long teeth. You know, his gums have been receding for oh, years. George Washington's. No, it's like I don't know. He gave me he gave me the 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 willies. I wasn't a fan of him. Shout, shouts out to that actor Jack Conley, who Jack Conley has been a a great that guy apparently for years. He's in uh, L.A. Confidential, mm -hmm. Apollo Thirteen, Traffic, The Cell, Get Shorty. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like, that's funny, I don't recognize him. Yeah, I, I don't recognize him either. But, but that's you know, kind of what's brilliant That's about what it. you want in you know, that guy. Well, no, for real, because it's like, oh, 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 it's so-and-so playing uh, playing a, a, a purge ghoul. No, it's, it's like, like this guy, I don't know who this guy is, and I don't want to know, because he's freaking me the fuck out. Yeah, he's perfect. Um, yeah, he is perfect. That's my, my go-to ghoul for this movie. Excellent. It's a great ghoul. That's a great poll. I am going to go with, because Big Daddy is, you know, the conventional choice. He's kind of our, our main, like, yeah. on-the-ground antagonist in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, there are two people who I would like to shout out. One is Judith McConnell as, quote, the old elegant woman. Who I was is just going to say that. The oh, auctioneer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. who is selling off our main characters to be purged she on. She sexualizes this gun. Yes, she talks about how... This, this, the double barrel? Yes, the, how, how tender it is and how, how and, responsive it is to your touch. The discharge. The 
discharge of this Only God gun. could create something mm. so elegant. Oh, and she looks kind of like... Women in men- menopause, man. We've got to watch out for him. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> oh, wow. Grandma, I hope... Anyway, um, she looks like Nancy Reagan. Uh, yeah, and a, a bit of Nancy Reagan, a bit of uh, Barbara Bush. Barbara Bush. I was also going to say uh, the Iron Lady. Oh, Margaret Thatcher. She's got some Margaret Thatcher going on. Yeah, you and know that's what? The, never a good thing. Well, you know what the problem with Margaret Thatcher's uh, pissing on Margaret Thatcher's grave is, right? What? You know the problem with pissing on Margaret Thatcher's grave? I don't know. Well, eventually you run out of piss. Ah, um, <laughs> but the one other purge ghoul that I would like to shout out is Carla Jimenez as the deranged woman. That's what she's credited as. Is this the one who's giving the speech on top of the bridge? Yeah. Ugh, that was so annoying. Uh, I fucking loved her. She like pins our main characters down behind a building because she's just firing a machine gun indiscriminately from this bridge. And she says things such as, I am a one-woman plague. I am the father-fucker son of a bitch. I loved her. That is a Karen on a purge night. She was just losing it. And you never get a close-up of her, but she is so memorable. You don't partially, need it. Partially because of the wonderful dialogue written by uh, Mr. James DeMonico. Nice. So, you know. I, uh, those are my purge ghouls that I would like to shout out. Nice. I'd like to give another shout out. Um, the twins. Oh, the sisters? Oh, yeah. The twins whose uh, choice weapon is machetes. Your signature machetes. Machete. Yeah, who participate in the hunt later. Um, oh. <laughs> the Hanover it. sisters. Yeah, like, whoa. That's like your that's like your thing that you're known of, your signature machetes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I I really loved the the hunt at the end. The hunt is so especially good. because uh not necessarily its execution, which I thought was fine, but it's I the idea of it and I got to give props to the the costumer on hmm. this film because the rich guy and his twin sons mm-hmm. very trump and trump the, juniors and the yeah. first family the, who that's yes. the name of a real wealthy yes, family that's you know? correct patty hurts yes uh when they get into their gear they're wearing what looks like fox hunting attire which really drives a point home of this is just this is just game for them but it's it's in tradition of what this type of social class has been doing for hundreds of years, which goes back to something that's really fucked up, which is fox hunting in England. Um, you know, he has his fucking little rascals hat and they've got like their leather boots on and their vests and shit. And it's just oh, it it's like, what would you expect these assholes to wear? Oh, that, of course, They're even wearing plaid. Who Ugh. is who is the costume designer for this movie? Because holy shit, really, uh, no, really good job. Paula yeah. Bomet and Kate uh, Semhat. They did a really good yeah. job. Really, really good job. Yeah, shouts out. Well, we're running a little long, so I think we should ask Mick the final question. The final question, and 
arguably the more important one. Most important, yeah. Sage, lay it on him, buddy. Um, Mick, it's purge night. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go purging on bleep bleep. What is your purge persona? What's your purge sona? How do you That's dress? What good, do you do? That is a good question. Um, I like the idea of a mask. Okay. I do like that. I know it, it, it impedes vision a little Definitely. bit. But uh, I just like the idea because by wearing a mask, it kind of separates me slightly from what I'm doing. Mm. It's like those photographers that take pictures of awful tragedies for you know time magazine or whatever but because of the lens it separates them a little bit so they can kind of rationalize it indeed 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 indeed, indeed. no doubt no doubt no doubt so i would yeah i would have some wild painted mask probably i I would also have some batman eyeshadow going on um that'd be cool i would be I, i would probably go shirtless with okay. some leather straps going on. Ah, some sort of a SM thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Um, but that but it depends on what weapon I would use too, because that very much informs the outfit. Well, there you go. Because for me, I'm I've said this on our first episode, and I'm sticking to it because I'm really proud of it. Mm. Uh, murder tree beard is kind of my my purge sona. I'm I'm dressing up in kind of a full ant fit with uh, oh, nice. knives for hands, and I'm just kind of running around and causing mayhem. Interesting. That's uh, good. What about you, Sage? Well, I mean, you know, I've had some previous purge sonas in the past, but currently I'm like really on this drag kick. Um, yeah, I kind of love that. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. there, there's like, like the club kid style where like you're just kind of an amorphous um, creature. Yeah. Would be really cool. Like, the, the makeup, the exaggerated features, the, yeah. like, maybe some spikes, some, like, crazy, you know, like, a yeah. bunch of crazy shit all over you to just make you, like, I don't know. There's, like, this beautiful thing that happens when you put on that kind of costume, which is, like, you feel all your inhibitions are going to disappear. Oh, you're worried you'll hurt yourself if you try doing a dead drop? Like, mm. You won't when you're wearing this. You're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, Um, and I think there's a confidence that comes in that kind of outfit that would make me personally go crazy on Burge Night. Interesting. It would empower you. Definitely. I mean, I feel empowered to dance. Right. And you will feel within the setting of the purging. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Me out there voguing with my semi-automatic rifles? Yeah. Whoa. Love it. You know, I actually encountered what I think would be a really good purge disguise, outfit, whatever you want to call it. Purge sona. A purge sona, thank you. When I was doing a movie in uh, San Francisco in the Tenderloin District, which if you don't know, Tenderloin District is, is this very, very uh, rugged uh, neighborhood that has a lot of crime, a lot of homelessness going on. It's all, it's all very sad. Um, it's a big problem with San Francisco, actually. But for better or worse, it was for worse. We were shooting a movie in the Tenderloin District at 3 a.m. And uh, we had to have armed security with us at all times. And one of the police officers that was with us, like, I, I saw him look over and he got like this, his eyes got big 
and then looked over at one of the other cops and went, he's here. And I look over, and this is true. There is a homeless person that has been in the Tenderloin District for about 30 years. No one really knows who they are, but they always look the exact same. And it's this old Japanese man with very long hair who is in kabuki makeup at Whoa. all times. That's that is a vibe. It's like melted because he's always sweating. <gasps> Whoa. It's humid there. He sounds amazing. And he's always like really strung out, but he's just kind of walking around a little bit like a zombie. And I'll never forget that, but it was genuinely unsettling. And I remember after he walked away, the cops were like, one of the cops like, I've never seen him before. And he's like, yeah, that's him. I fucking told you. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Cops would probably fucking brutalize him on perch. Probably. Right? Those fucking pieces of shit. Yeah. Speaking but that of, would be a great outfit. I love it. Speaking of, like, what's the right term? Notorious? No, notorious? No, no. Infamous? Infamous. That's yes. a great term. Thank you. Speaking of infamous homeless people who have ruled an area for a long time. Yeah. Um, Are you going to bring him up? Big Daddy Dick'em Down Davis from Santa Monica Beach. Oh, I thought you were going to bring up Knife Guy from downtown L.A. <laughs> no. Oh, the guy that sells knives? Yeah. If you ever great. A, if you're ever on a film yeah, set in no, downtown L.A., have some cash with you, because there's going to be a guy who shows up on his bicycle I've to worked, sell you knives. Yeah, I've worked with a guy who bought a knife from him. Buddy, you're living with one. You own a knife from him? I own a knife and a taser from him. Oh, that's fucking wow. cool. Because I, I looked at the knife. It's really nice. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. The more money you product. spend, the, the better knives you'll get. That's interesting. Does he make them or does he just find them? I don't know. I don't know. But he's been doing it for years. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah. Wait, so he'd be just fine on Perch. Big Daddy Dickus who? Big, Big Daddy, Daddy Dickum Down, Down Davis, Davis from Santa uh, Monica Beach, which is his full title. Um, I met him my first year in LA when I was out um, getting drunk on Santa Monica beach with some friends and we were hanging out on one of the lifeguard towers. And like, at one point I like hear a noise and I kind of look over the side and he, uh, was under the lifeguard tower and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? I end up like talking to this guy for like 45 minutes, just like chilling and like passing bottles back and forth. I think I've got Bacardi and he's got like some fireball and we're just like, sounds about right exchanging drinks talking he's telling me stories of his past he's like yeah i've been living here on santa monica beach for i think at that point it was 18 years so at this point it's if he's still there it's 24 wow wow 23 something somewhere in there um and yeah he's a legend he's amazing really really cool guy super down to earth he is like, yeah, I mean, I could be not homeless, but like I'm living a good life here. So mm. I'm one of the lucky ones who like is super down with this lifestyle. And I was like, OK, cool. Word. Let's chat. Well, you know, wow. let's just uh, make that. Uh, listen, since this franchise is so message based, uh, homeless people are fucking human beings. And yes, you they have are. more surprise, in common surprise. with them than a billionaire. Uh, way more yeah, because common. homeless people are actual human beings <laughs> exactly yeah, like so you feelings. know in in uh, a hypothetical situation where the purge existed they uh, they would not be your enemy no you know this this franchise teaches you who the real enemy is yeah. no they're and the ones the you rich. want to protect on as the as Frank Grillo said they're not a threat you're goddamn right well I think that's a great place to leave off yeah um, 
Mick, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you want to promote? You know? Uh, no. All right. Do well, you? Sure. Yeah, this, uh, this week that this episode comes out, we'll uh, be doing an episode of The Film Majors on this feed. Ah. Uh, about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the Texas Chainsaw Ooh, Massacre 2. And exciting. Since uh, it's going to be coming out this week, I can announce that we will be having the hosts of Are You Afraid of the Dark Universe on as guests. No fucking way. Dylan Roth and <gasps> Dom DeShane. That's a good name. That's Dom DeShane. They have a fucking kick-ass name, and uh, they're a pretty kick-ass writer. So That's uh, awesome. Look forward to that That's on so Friday. Great. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, Sage, anything, anything you want to sign off with? Other than me. I don't know. I would plug the production that I'm in right now, but we have 62 seats of performance for four performances, and I don't want all of our incredible listeners to, like... Have a chance at seeing it. Buy tickets before my family can, you know, <laughs> so, um, Wonderful. But actually, like, yeah, if any, like, random listener who lives in L.A. wants to come see my performance, just hit me up on Instagram, sagemichaelstone.la. I'll get you hooked up. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, until next time, you know, blessed be our new founding fathers. We'll and see blessed you. be America, a nation reborn. We'll see you in 364 days. Well, we'll see you next month. We'll see on, you in a month. On, on the first Monday of the month. God damn it.